Welcome to episode 30 of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today, we are talking about money mindset and how to invest in yourself. First of all, we are on 30 episodes. How incredible that the ball is continuing to roll and that we are showing up doing the work right alongside you. We can't thank you enough for showing up each week and being part of this journey of living our truth and daring to change. And on that note, we of course want to shout out our review of the week, which comes from Seabass and Tuna. She says, genuine and fearless. Listening to Carly and Allie is like sitting around drinking tea or coffee with your friends and letting it all out. They are genuine and fearless with their discussions and make you question, why aren't we all talking about these things all of the time? The Truth and Dare podcast is quickly becoming my favorite weekly ritual. I can't get enough of these women. Thank you so much, Seabass and Tuna. We appreciate you leaving us some love. Remember, if you want to be next week's review, head on over to iTunes, drop us some love, tell us why you show up each week, and put us in your earbuds, and hopefully we read your review over the airwaves. Also, all of the tools, show notes, and resources can always be found at truthanddaremovement.com. Now let's get started and talk about this money mindset. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. All right, let's kick things off with our slug in the honey per usual. This week, my slug in the honey is a little bit weird, but here's the thing. I've been trying to not wash my hair as much because I know that the natural oils in your hair are good for your hair. And I read all these things that you can like oil train your hair and then it doesn't get greasy anymore. But anyway... I haven't been really been washing my hair. Allie was with me recently. I just kind of look like a really dirty little rat kind of like squirreling around. And last night I went to dinner with one of my um 89-year-old grandmothers who saw me and was like, oh, your hair, it's wet. Why is it so wet? And I'm like, no, Nana, I just, I don't wash my hair. It's not clean. And then I just got to thinking, hmm, maybe I should be showering more? Yeah. I don't know. Kind of weird, right? Anyone else not showering that much? (laughs) Yeah. All right. I'm done. (laughs) What's up with you, Allie? I also will not shower for a few days, um, but my hair gets so greasy so fast because it's so fine. So... I'm like at a two-day max of the grease ball, and then I have to get my hair wet. But I will say you did look pretty greasy the other day. (laughs) I will confirm your grandma's thoughts and opinions. But um, my slug in the honey is that I just am not having sex this month. And it's, of course, not for lack of my husband wanting to. My brain is in such a different headspace with launching the Body, Mind, Soul Detox and I definitely feel bad that I'm not showing up in the bedroom, but I have to admit, and I was telling Carly, I have zero desire to have sex right now, like absolutely none. And um, 
something I need to work on because I am married and my husband deserves to be loved. So yeah, my slug is that I'm having zero sex. That's about it. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, you have a lot going on. And as we talk about here, it's very hard for us as women to get into the mood if we're distracted by our thoughts. So yeah, totally distracted over here. But let's dive into our money mindset episode and talking about how to invest in yourself. So why are we talking about it? Well, someone in our community in the Tad Tribe requested it. And of course, we love to honor your requests, especially ones that really uh, connect with us on a deeper level and some things that we've traveled through as well. Also, Carly and I both believe that money is in abundance. There is no scarcity of it. Um, it doesn't grow on trees. We choose to print it and pursue it and spend it how we want to. Amen. And, you know, this episode is not a podcast about how to manage your personal finances. Ali and I are in no way, shape, or form um, financial planners. <laughs> However, it's a, it's a conversation that we want to have about changing the mindset and relationship that we have about money and trying to view money as an energetic frequency, which it is. And, um, you know, working to get to a positive place with money. And um, we know that it takes a lot of work to get to that place mentally. And we just want to share our experiences in that realm and hope that it might open your mind around your own relationship with money, which we both know um, can be a really complicated relationship. Definitely. And of course, like many things we talk about here on this podcast, I think a lot of those relationships go back to our childhood experiences and possibly how our parents dealt with money and then the people we've met along the way and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of work to be done in this realm of consciousness. But first of all, how did we first dive into spending money? I mean, Actually, I want to rewind real quick and say we want to make a huge delineation here today, the difference between investing and spending. So I'll reword my thoughts. When was the first time that Carly and I invested in ourselves and went out there and took a deep plunge with our money, right? Um, I think for us both, it was when we traveled to Italy and we moved there for six months. Uh, we were, I was 24, Carl, you were 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And each of us had a large amount of savings. I had upwards of $30,000. I think Carly had around $20,000 saved. And that was simply from years of working and accumulating funds. It wasn't because someone dropped it in our bank account, like a trust fund or anything of that nature. We had saved up that money in our young 20s. And It's in those pivotal moments where some 20-year-olds are buying a new car or purchasing a home, and we were presented with the opportunity to go travel and to experience an entirely new culture and to test our limits as human beings and be immersed in a foreign language and a foreign place at a very young age. And we definitely took the opportunity and moved there. And yeah, it was scary to watch the funds being depleted, but at the same time, the experience that was being put back into our souls through traveling all over Europe together, 
is priceless. It's like that cheesy commercial. I think it's MasterCard or Visa that does the priceless one. It's literally that same exact concept. So I feel very lucky that early on in our lives, we took an opportunity and went against the grain, went against society's norms and chose to invest in ourselves and invest in travel and invest in who we want to become in the future. What do you think about that trip, Carl? Yeah, you're totally right. And I mean, for us and our priorities at the time, and I would say still, obviously, um, looking at what we want to do in the future, but we put a priority on experiences over things. And that was the way that we chose to live our lives. There isn't a right or a wrong way. I think as Ali said, our relationship with Monique a lot of the time comes from how we were raised as children um, and the environments and cultures that we were brought up in. And if and if in your early 20s, buying a car is a feeling of success, um, then by all means do it. For us, however, and our mindsets at the time, leaving to get on a plane and spending nearly all of the money that we saved and probably a little bit more um, – that to us was a was a version of success that we were chasing at that time and um it it was such a beautiful experience and it was the first time that i personally had saved up a lot of money it was the first time that i had spent money um on my own in that way and even though we spent many months partying and traveling and doing all kinds of crazy stuff it resulted in us coming home and making much bolder and stronger decisions about our finances because we had a new perspective on the world. We had an opened worldview. I feel like we became more awake and our interest, our interests started to change at that point. So I would say that was a pivotal time for all of us there. Absolutely. I mean, because of that trip, that's why I came home with this spark to become a blogger, you know, originally a travel blogger. Um, shout out to Jessica Dante, who has her website, Love in London now. But I remember meeting her and watching her be a travel blogger and thinking to myself, I need to figure this out. And I came home and proclaimed that to Myers. And that was the start of a really small spirit call that is now leading us onto a sailboat to live permanently. So it's so interesting how your younger years, um, the decisions you make in your younger years really imprint on you um, for later in life to help you, like you said, make bolder decisions and keep going with that train of thinking, which for me led into yoga teacher training. I had been home for maybe about a year from that point when we returned from Italy and uh, while we did live in Italy, Carly and I and the girls that we traveled with joined a local yoga studio in Florence, and we were really connected with it. I think we practiced like five or six days a week when we were there. And I'll say that my practice became really strong through that studio. And so when I came home, the fire was definitely burning, and it was burning bright. And my first objective moving across the state of Florida was to find a yoga teacher training program that I could do alongside my full-time job. And mind you, at this point, my savings account is pretty much gone. Um, I waitressed when I first got home because I needed a job, even though I had a corporate 
job on my resume, I had to waitress. Like it was what I had to do to fill the savings account back up. So that when I moved and did get my next corporate career with a steady salary, I could confidently sign those papers for yoga teacher training and put that deposit down and say yes to myself. You will make this monthly payment towards this larger sum of money, thousands of dollars, because this is what's lighting your fire. And I could have easily been deterred by a monthly payment and an hour commute to the yoga studio that I went to every single day after my work day. Um, but no, like I think when you decide that something is worth it and something is part of who you can and will become, you sacrifice so many other things on so many other levels once you dedicate it and tell yourself firmly, this is what I want to do and this is who I want to be. So that was, you know, the next step for me when it came to investing in who I wanted to become that I really have to thank the Italy trip. If it wasn't for the Italy trip, I wouldn't have come back with that fire lit and that burning desire to further my yoga journey and be really comfortable with spending large amounts of money and investing it in my future. So yeah, yeah, man. Now that I think about it, it's like all connecting in my head, all those dots about the Italy yeah, trip. Yeah, it's totally connecting. I remember, Ali, when you were like, look at this girl, look at yoga girl, like check out this Instagram. Like I want to post pictures like this and do yoga and travel. And I was like, cool. Like we, I mean, we weren't even using Instagram at the time, you guys. I mean, kind of, but I, I didn't even have one. Ali, Ali was like posting pictures of spaghetti. It was like not anything. So it's just so funny. I remember you having that spark and it's really cool to be a part of your journey and watch it all unfold. <laughs> Likewise, girlfriend. But, yeah. But anyway, I wanted to riff a little bit on what you were saying about how this experience in our younger years um, was formative in the decisions we would make later for the way that we would spend our money. And the other day I was in Barnes and Noble and I saw this book and it was like really intense. And it's like your twenties, how this decade is so important and changes everything. And you have to have it all figured out. I don't know. That wasn't the title, but it was like some really intense title about not fucking up in your twenties. And the thing is, is I think that You can go either way, like just because Ali and I chose to do things that were a little bit non-traditional, I don't think it makes us any less of a success as we approach 30 than it would have had we been investing money and buying homes and um, becoming more, you know, air quotes, secure I just think it's about how do you want to play it and how do you want your life to unfold? And it's it's whatever capacity makes you feel the best about yourself. And there really is no wrong way because every investment means something to a different person. And so clearly we're just talking about our perspective, but I just want to say like to the gypsies and the, you know, wanderers out there, you're getting just as much out of life as, you know, the financial advisor who's in their 20s killing it or the accountant. There really is no wrong way, in my opinion. But anyway, end rant. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree with you. And I think it's so important to validate everyone's desires and 
I think if it weren't for me pulling on Myers really intensely to go pursue this sailing vagabond lifestyle before we have kids, he is just as content with his career, buying a home on the water, securing a mortgage payment, getting a boat to put in our canal and take it out on the weekends and live a very traditional life. Um, he has no qualms about it. It's me who's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. So uh, I really just want to reassert what you said because it is really true. And I think none of us can decide and proclaim that my investment's better than your investment. It's really about what we're going to talk about further in the episode about gaining clarity around what lights you, what lights you up and then going for it, not remaining in that place of scarcity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, thinking about your example, Ali, and some of the the way that Italy sort of shaped you and the way you uh, spent money afterwards, I remember coming back. And for those of you that know my story, I was really soul searching a lot at that point in my life. And um, I found Gabby Bernstein and I was like totally Gabby Bernstein obsessed at this time. I had read her book, Spirit Junkie, and I just was like, oh my God, this girl is life. That's That was in my opinion. Um, and she was leading a weekend at Kripalu. And again, like Ali said, I had come home. My bank account was depleted. I started working full-time as a nanny. I was a nannying like 60 hours a week for this family. And I was just I was just saving as much money as I could. And um, yeah, Gabby was doing this weekend and I had never done anything like that in my life. I mean, I had done yoga. I'd practiced yoga, of course, but I was just breaking into the world of mindfulness. I had read one self-help book from one author <laughs> and it happened to be her. And something in me just said, you need to go to this. Go to this weekend. And listen, I spent like five grand going to this weekend. And I mean, it was like two or three thousand dollars maybe for the weekend. And then I had to pay for a lodging and I had multiple planes and I took a bus from Boston to Kripalu. And like I, I spent a lot of money, but I felt like this was what I needed to continue on my healing experience. I felt like I had to go. I felt like I had to go by myself. I, I don't think I even extended the invitation to any of my friends. And it was the first time, you know, aside from Italy, which was amazing, but it was, that was more fun and, and, um, more sort of like a group activity. This is the first time I had, there was something that I saw that I thought this can help me. This can help me heal and help me grow. And I did it. And I'm so happy I did it. And I look back and I'm like, damn, I was like a little brave little 24-year-old rolling up in there with no fucking idea what to expect at all. And um, I just want to say invest investing in yourself is so incredibly powerful. It was the first time I realized I can invest in a trip with my friends. I can invest in gifts for my family. I can invest in clothes and all the bullshit, but to invest in something that is healing and that made me feel whole, that made me feel loved, that made me feel special and enough. Um, it, there's really no price on it. And it, I think that that catapulted me into a whole new world where I realized that um, there is no limit to be feeling your best and 
from then on, I have always made my health and my well-being a priority. And it's something that um, I'll continue to do for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. And on that note, we also want to be real with you guys that we don't always invest in exactly everything we should. We are two women who are almost 30. And of course, frivolous spending happens. You know, we love a good free people binge. We love eating out and grabbing sushi and Thai food. We love a good Starbucks coffee. I mean, for gosh sakes, we just traveled all over the country for two years of bachelorette parties. Um, we definitely walk into Target and walk out with everything that we didn't need. So we do spend money and we do spend it in an unwise way. But we are also super cognizant of what we need to do when it comes to investing in ourselves so that we can live our truth and dare to change. And I think that's a really important delineation to come to grips with. Um, and you know, on that note, I think for me and I know Carly too, we've figured out how to identify money as energy. Um, money does carry a vibrational quality. I learned a lot about this in You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero, which we'll list in the show notes, a really great book that changed my mindset even more around the idea and vibration of money. But you know, at your core, you are always going to make sure that your basic needs are met, that you as a human being have has food on the plate, a roof over your head, a mattress to sleep on, that your monthly bills are getting paid on time. I think there are, of course, special circumstances. I don't think, I know, there are special circumstances where you don't even fit into this category at all. You know, you're really struggling to make ends meet, and that is another conversation. But this conversation is for the women who are similar to Carly and I. You have the ability to go out and make money. You have a skill set and you have the ability to choose how to spend or invest that money back into your life or into objects and things. Um, you know, the reality is we're not in life and death, life and death situations most of the time meaning that every purchase we make is a choice. Like we are talking about to walk into Target and come out with way too much shit or to maybe sign up for a weekend workshop at your yoga studio or a meditation group or purchase a new book that's gonna help you further your expansion and your journey and your development as a human being. Um, it really comes down to that discernment, which Danielle Laporte threw that word out there and Carly and I like, grabbed it and ate it up because it's such a powerful powerful word that we get to discern how we choose to do things. Um, yeah. Let's a absolutely, Allie. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Mm -hmm. You're so – you're absolutely right. Thank God most of us listening are not in life or death financial situations. And so, yes, we always have the ability to choose. And on that note, we also – always have the ability to make money. There is money to be made. My fiance, Mike, was just saying something to me uh, the other day because I was talking about the job I have now and um, we're in the process of saving money. And he's like, you could work at night. You could get another job. And um, 
he's right. And it sparked this thing in me. And I know Ali and I have both done this, but you can work at any point. I mean, most of us have a skill set that we probably went to school for or a trade school for or have a degree in, whatever. But we also have all kinds of other skill sets. The amount of times that I have gone back to serving tables to make money is, I mean, between college and now, many, many times. Do I love working in the food service industry? Fuck no. For those of you that do it professionally for a living, I bow to you. I have served tables. I have run my ass off in restaurants so many times. It is hard-ass work. And um, gosh, props to you. However, I will say it's a smart choice because you can bank money really fast when you need to. Ali and I have both done this in between jobs. We've gone back to serving tables and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think one of the problems when it comes to making money is you get to a certain point where maybe you have that degree or you have that certificate and you feel like maybe it puts you above above a certain uh, job level. And, you know, in retrospect, it does. However, um, it actually doesn't because there's work to be done. There are things that need to happen. And the only thing that you're doing in those moments is separate yourself, separating yourself from the potential of making more money. There's going to be in-between times where um, a professional career just isn't possible. And so in those moments, I don't think it is wise to say, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to serve tables again. I'm never going to work retail again. And again, nothing wrong with these careers. It's just to say there are jobs out there. And luckily, we're in a market right now where when we're in an economy right now where people are hiring. These are the times to take advantage of that. And I think that placing yourself above other people is a way of saying, I don't want that. You're putting out a frequency towards money that you're too good for it. And if we're talking about money as energy, I feel like that's a destructive relationship that will come around and bite you in the ass in the end. Definitely. And I think on that note, there's always, like you're talking about, you could get a night job and go serve tables three nights a week. And similar to that, I think there's always a level of sacrifice when we're really reaching towards a specific goal and we're really trying to save money so that we can invest in ourselves. And for me personally, I think about my experience at L'Oreal and being on the marketing team and being incredibly unhappy for three years. And, you know, if I wanted to, I could have quit a year into it. I could have done the Journey Junkie blog and taught in a yoga studio. My husband luckily makes a great salary and we would have been very comfortable. However, we had this dream. We had this two-year plan to save for a sailboat. And there is no way that we could have saved the money for the boat without me staying in my position at L'Oreal and putting away my salary. It just wasn't feasible. So my new circumstances were, I'm still going to work my nine to five, show up at my shitty cube every single day, and I'm going to teach in a studio after work, and I'm going to work on my side hustle, my business in the mornings, at night, and on the weekends. Basically, I'm going to not have a life because I want to create a new life for myself in X amount of time. So 
Yes, I cannot agree with you enough that there is money to be made and there is a huge abundance of it. And it's about, it's about, you know, the, our next point, get to work. Like if you want something, go for it. Get off your ass. Don't be lazy. Do what needs to get done so that you can create a better life for yourself in the future. And, you know, I think about those books you were just talking about, Carl, and I think I read an, an article about the woman who wrote the book who said basically that all of us millennials in our 20s are fucking up because we're not buying homes and like investing in the traditional ways of starting a successful life. And again, there's no right or wrong, but who's to say that owning a home is a success? And who's to say that making that investment will lead to me being 80 years old and comfortable? I mean, like hell, I could die at 60 years old or younger or later. And like, what will that home do for me? Nothing. But the investment, the investment in myself in becoming a yoga teacher and going for my next teacher training in buying this sailboat and doing this with my husband and our best friends is absolutely priceless. You can't even put, can't even put like a level of price on it or investment in regards to this woman's article. And I think she's the one who wrote a similar book. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I mean, I'm proud to be part of a generation that I do believe is changing that status quo. And, you know, again, it just goes back to what we said in the beginning. What works for us might not work for somebody else. It's not in our place to judge and point fingers, just like it's not in that author's place. So um, it's just in our place to do what's best for us, listen to our hearts, but to be fucking responsible about it. You know, Allie and I, we work hard. We get it done. We've had jobs that we hate. We've had jobs that we feel are definitely probably lower than us and lower than our like educational levels and knowledge and skills and abilities, but we've done them anyway. You know, I'm working right now in a job that I didn't really want to have, but we got back to Florida and, you know, our sailing trip got a little screwy and we were leaving six months later and I wasn't in a position where I couldn't just not work. I mean, I could have, but I would have blown through my entire savings account and what would that have done for me? So you have to just put your boots on the ground and get your ass to work. It's like sometimes you just have to be hard on yourself. There's no reason why you can't make money just like everybody else. It is fully available. And on that note, I think it's important to get clear about what you want to invest in. Maybe you're listening to me and Ali talking about sailing and Italy and yoga training and you just think we're freaking crazy. And some people do. And like you have that right to think we're crazy. We are actually kind of crazy people. Um, and that's not what you want to invest in. Maybe you want to invest in a car or maybe you want to invest in a designer dog or maybe you want to invest in a new wardrobe. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it's important to get clear on what you want. Like Ali said, we planned this sailing trip for multiple years. And because of that, we were able to make a savings plan. Um, I think it's really important when you do that, that you have a clear vision of what you want, a clear vision of how much that's going to cost. And, and if you're confused about what you want to invest in, 
talk to someone. Um, this is the advice we give here all the time, but call your mom, call your best friend, get out your journal, sit in meditation. Um, we can't stress enough how important it is to invest in yourself in whatever capacity that is. Don't be afraid of it. You know, ask yourself the question, what do I want for my future. What does my future self want? There's nothing wrong with having the security of just making paycheck after paycheck, but there's something incredibly validating about choosing to invest in something for you and following through on that promise. Absolutely. And I think if we had to like nail it down to a four a four-step system, it would be first to gain clarity, like you just said, around what you want to invest in. I I think so many times, and I've fallen into this trap, people just save to save because it's your innate uh, like response to money that I should have money in my savings account. But why are you saving? Do you want to buy a home? You know, do you want to go for continuing education and get your master's degree or your PhD? You know, get more clear on why you're just saving to saving. Like why stockpile all the money if you don't know why you want to have it in the first place? Um, so first gain clarity around how you want to invest in yourself and your future. Second, get to work. Carly and I have said it now a few times. We don't need to repeat this part of the process. Then it's about taking action. So you're getting to work and then you're taking action with the money that you're producing, right? You're setting up that budget. You're researching things. Like if you want to go do a yoga teacher training, where are they located? How much does it cost? How much time will it take away from your job? Et cetera, et cetera. We had to do a lot of that when it came to planning for the sailboat. Um, and then lastly, and I think most importantly in the process is forgive yourself. Um, it's okay to go spend money and fall into a free people sale online and binge on clothes that, as Myers puts it, l- makes me look like I'm homeless. Everything's like torn up and <laughs> jagged edges, but it's okay to fall into that. You know, it's okay to spend frivolously and a little irresponsibly. But the faster we can forgive ourselves as that happens, the quicker we can get back on the path, which is what we talk about here all the time. And it goes back to our lovely tradition of slug and the honey, right? Like we're always going to get stuck in the honey and all these different capacities of life. And it's how quickly we can reconnect to the greater purpose of living our truth and daring to change and pull ourselves out of the honey and get back on the path towards what's more important you know, to becoming your best self. So yes, four-step process. We'll have it in the show notes. Don't you worry. But yeah, I really like that process, Carl. I didn't even think of it as we wrote out the notes for the episode. I know that's so true and so good. And everything you said, just ditto, ditto, ditto. But one last thing I want to say is also just forgive yourself for investing in yourself too. I mean, of course, we all feel bad when we drop hundreds of dollars on um, clothes on the internet. But I think a lot of us carry a lot of guilt for those decisions you make to, you know, buy the online course or do the workshop or get the get the personal trainer because it costs a lot of money and we have a lot of guilt around that. So I think working towards getting to a place where you love yourself enough that you want to put your self-care first 
um, and being unapologetic about taking care of yourself because we all know that we cannot put our best foot forward until we invest and love ourselves first and then everybody else comes second. (laughs) I like your way of thinking. So we've said a lot of truth bombs here today, shared a lot of our personal experiences with how we've cultivated this money mindset and really been able to lean into the discomfort of investing in ourselves. Just like Carly said, us first, then we take care of everyone else. It's that same principle of fill your own cup first, and then it will runneth over into the people in your lives. So as always, thank you so much for joining us for this conscious conversation, for showing up, for allowing us to express what's going on in our own lives and hopes that it relates to your life and further helps you continue to, you know, really dive into what your truth is and make those changes in your own capacities. So if you want to dive deeper into this whole money mindset concept, remember that your weekly journal prompt gets sent out every Wednesday when a new conversation goes live. If you aren't part of that, make sure you go to truthanddaremovement.com, sign up. That's also where you'll where you'll find all of the show notes for today's episode, blog posts, resources, tools, and anything you want to know about Carly and I. So yes, thank you for showing up. We'll catch you next week for another conversation. Bye. Bye. And thanks for 30 episodes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) 